everyone, and thank you for joining me for this podcast. Now, let's be frank for a moment. The UK ecosystem needs help. Rewilding offers a possible solution to reverse what is a rapidly deteriorating rural landscape. Rewilding is the process of protecting an environment and returning it to its natural state, for example by bringing about wild animals that used to live there. Rewilding is a very recent concept which has only really been established around I guess the last 10 years or so. If you compare today's landscape with what it looked like in the past, it's clear that the diversity of species present has reduced significantly. That is mainly due to the actions of humans. On a smaller scale, if you cut down a single tree, many species such as birds, insects and fungi will lose their habitat as they rely on that tree for shelter and a source of food. On a much larger scale though, if you cut down, let's say, a deciduous forest to accommodate farming or new housing developments, that impacts food webs, the nutrient cycles and more broadly the UK landscape. Furthermore, the unintentional release of waste enters natural ecosystems such as rivers and it causes pollution. The UK's ecosystem needs to be restored to its natural state to allow a diverse array of species to thrive. In this podcast, I will discuss the ability of rewilding to potentially rebalance the UK's landscape. But before I continue, I'd like to just say a big thank you to Grace uh, from our upper sixth who who has carried out the research and provided content for me to use for this podcast. The British landscape used to be very different. Around... I'd say about 14,000 years ago, at the end of the uh, Pleistocene, the UK was covered with deciduous forest and it was home to a diverse range of species such as grey wolves, the Eurasian lynx, bears and wolverines even. Today, the UK countryside mainly consists of dense scrublands, woodlands, moorlands, bogs and fens which are home to various species of wildlife. However, when you compare it to the past, the species diversity has significantly decreased. In the UK, we no longer have large apex predators. An apex predator is a species that is at the top of its food chain. Currently in the UK, species at the top of the food chain include foxes, otters, owls and eagles. However, none of these species have the ability to substantially affect a large part of our ecosystem, it could be said. There is potential for other large species who used to be present in the UK to be reintroduced, such as the lynx, wolves and even bears. This is the underlying principle of rewilding. Before rewilding can take place, it's important to understand how the food chain, I guess you could say, operates. Many scientists used to assume that the food chain was controlled from the bottom up. The climate and the soil determine the nature of the vegetation, that in turn determine the herbivore population, whose numbers then govern the population of carnivores. However, what ecologists have now discovered is that food chains are actually being controlled from the top downwards, in what we know as a trophic cascade. So this is where the actions of the top predators in an ecosystem have a knock-on effect on all the other trophic levels. For the rewilding concept to be successful, the ecological landscape first needs to be restored. 
that in turn will allow the apex predators to thrive and the food chain to be rebalanced. This ecological restoration involves several phases being carried out. Phase 1 involves, uh, I guess, a period of habitat healing. It seems quite an unusual term, but it's it's where, ultimately, you're reversing the processes that have dewilded, if you like, the land. So in the UK, that means allowing trees to recolonise an area that has maybe been felled in the past. Or removing excess phosphates or nitrates from the soil in order to allow richer grasslands to form. Large herds of animals, predominantly sheep, who have not really played a role in the UK's ecology, also need to be removed before land restoration can take place. Phase 2 involves restoring the mesopredators, or sort of the mid-ranking predators if you like. In the UK this involves reintroducing wildlife such as beavers. Now beavers are an example of ecosystem engineers who use the forest around them to build dams. A recent reintroduction of beavers into the River Otter in Devon has proved to be a huge success as the beavers dams have prevented sediment from being washed from farmland causing plant life to flourish and boosting other wildlife. Phase 3 of the rewilding process is to reintroduce what we call keystone species. A keystone species is an animal with a disproportionately large influence in relation to its small population size. Phase 3 is a long term, it's an ambitious goal of the rewilding process. Now many conservationists would like to see the lynx returned to northern parts of Scotland. Now that would help control the deer and the fox populations in Scotland by naturally culling them. In other parts of the world, such as Sweden, the reintroduction of elk has allowed open habitats to be preserved, which has then enabled other species species apologies, such as cranes, uh, curlews and black grouse to thrive. However, those ambitious plans require funding, political approval and space in order to become possible in the years to come. In order to see whether rewilding uh, could obtain that, that kind of level of support, it's helpful to look at other countries where rewilding has already been attempted. I guess the most famous example of a rewilding scheme was the reintroduction of wolves into the Yellowstone National Park in I think it was 1995. Before the wolves were re-established, the stream and riverbanks lay bare and there was a high population of elk. Wolves had been absent from Yellowstone National Park for over 70 years and their reintroduction sparked a series of extraordinary changes. Now, I've actually recorded a separate podcast entitled The Reintroduction of Wolves that explores this scheme in much, much greater depth. So if you are interested, I would wholly recommend having a listen to that podcast, potentially after this one. Another example of a successful rewilding scheme was the reintroduction of the Eurasian lynx to the Jura Mountains in France and Switzerland in the 1970s. The lynx in the area became extinct in the 19th century due to persecution, the loss of their forest habitat and the destruction of their wild prey base. Their reintroduction led to the regeneration and expansion of the forests in the Jura Mountains, allowing them to safely hunt for prey, for rest and to breed. The lynx also helped to stabilise the population of roe deer and cameos, 
and today their populations have exceeded their historic abundance. As in Yellowstone, there were people who, as you can imagine, were opposed to the reintroduction, as they were concerned about the lynx preying on their livestock. However, due to the reduced number of people living in the Jura Mountains and the abundance of prey, it didn't really become a large enough issue. Now, this example shows us that successful re-establishment of a vital keystone species is possible in Europe, which is a positive indicator for keystone species reintroduction here in the UK. Even though rewilding has proven to be beneficial in several parts of the world, there are some failures that we need, we really need to learn from. In the 1980s, uh, Franz Vera, a Dutch ecologist, wanted to reintroduce primitive horse breeds and cattle uh, into a nature reserve that was 6,000 hectares east of Amsterdam. This raised ethical and philosophical dilemmas. It's because it attracted criticism when the horses were not fed in the winter and many starved to death. Although some people believe that this event happened as, I guess you could argue, nature took its course, other animal rights groups opposed that view. They believed that this rewilding project was a form of scientific experiment, if you like, and that the horses were not truly wild and that they deserved humane treatment. From that example, we can all learn that if we try to reintroduce species, we must ensure that the landscape is sufficiently robust to support those animals. Certain rewilding projects have already begun in the UK. One of the most successful rewilding initiatives in the UK was the reintroduction of white-tailed sea eagles to the Isle of Mull in Scotland. After 70 years of decline, a breeding programme was set up in the 1980s, and it re-established the white-tailed sea eagles in the UK. There are currently 16 breeding pairs on the island. Not, not only have the eagles benefited, but it's thought that around 23% of Mull's 350,000 visitors cited eagles as a primary reason to visit. White-tailed eagles have created roughly over 100 jobs in and around eagle tourism on the island. Following this success, sea eagles were reintroduced to the Isle of Wight in June 2019. Another success is Nep Nature Reserve in West Sussex. This is a three and a half, I think it's about three and a half thousand acre farm, which has been totally transformed by rewilding, allowing rare orange tip butterflies to thrive. Pine martens have also been the subject of rewilding attempts. Pine martens are a native omnivore and they play a key role in the delicate balance of woodland ecosystems. Their reintroduction in the Forest of Dean is in its early stages, but the aim is that they will reduce the number of grey squirrels, an invasive species, and it will allow or enable the red squirrel to return. There is a concern over how and who, though, would be able to fund rewilding schemes in the UK. Charities such as uh, Rewilding Britain and the Lynx UK Trust are keen to see these schemes implemented, but it requires government funding and public donations to keep operating. Now that suggests that they could not fund rewilding schemes alone. However, a possible solution is that charities and landowners could team up to fund these projects. 
An example of this is the Care Norms uh, Connect project, where neighbouring land managers have joined together to enhance habitats, species and ecological processes across the vast area within the uh, Care Norms National Park. Apologies to anyone if I've slightly mispronounced that. Cairnorms Connect shows us that funding these projects is viable if key players promoting rewilding work together to finance it. Rewilding isn't the only solution that could help to rebalance the UK's ecosystem. There is the option of simply doing nothing and letting nature take its course. But without intervention, society could cause further environmental degradation and that would worsen the state of the UK's ecosystem rather than rebalance it. Alternatively, we could take the approach of physically trying to rebalance the ecosystem, for instance, by planting more trees and just reducing our carbon footprint. That, though, would require everyone in the UK to do their part for the environment. And some people, let's let's be honest, some people are just a bit apathetic or even oppose such action, especially those who benefit economically from the land. It would be really quite difficult to implement that policy on a practical level without most of the UK society being supportive of the concept. Rewilding has the potential to rebalance the UK's ecosystem as well as providing economic and social benefits. Our view of the natural world has changed considerably in the last century. The natural world was once viewed as a, well quite frankly, a place to exploit and the hunting of wild animals in the UK was only banned in 2004. The reintroduction of key species would have positive ecological consequences and invasive species which are causing detrimental harm to our environment would be reduced. It would also have beneficial effects on our physical landscape, reducing soil erosion, straightening river channels thereby creating more diverse wildlife habitats, And furthermore, there is evidence already that exists to show that rewilding produces economic benefits in the form of tourism. We see the natural world as a place of relaxation and as being beneficial to our mental well-being. Rewilding enables us to, I guess for want of a better word, re-engage with nature. And in doing so, the economy benefits through increased tourism and related services. Rewilding is a long-term process requiring careful planning and dedication from naturalists and support from the general public. With commitment and the necessary funding, the process could be hugely successful. I'll just finish with uh, this last point. So Grace, who I referred to at the start of the podcast, our upper six student who carried out the extensive and fantastic research for this podcast, was actually fortunate enough to attend a talk back in November 2019 by renowned wildlife cameraman and presenter Gordon Buchanan. Now what's fascinating is that Grace was able to ask him directly about his views on the concept of rewilding in the UK. And he responded by saying that, in his opinion, the lynx will be reintroduced within 10 years, wolves within the next 20 years, And within our lifetime, bears will hopefully be reintroduced to parts of Scotland as well. His predictions are also shared among other naturalists in the UK. Well, in years to come, 
watch out for the lynx, wolves and even bears coming to a countryside near you. On that note, I'd like to say a big thank you to everybody for listening. If you have any questions about anything uh, that I've spoken about in this podcast, do get in touch at kytosbiology at gmail.com. Thanks again. Until next time.